Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. We thank and praise God for you joining us tonight. We thank and praise God for his goodness and his mercy. We give him all the honor and the glory. We praise his name for there is no name higher than the name of Jesus. We give him the glory and the honor tonight for keeping us during the week and giving us another opportunity to come before you as a people to strive to teach the Word of God. We're not claiming to be perfect. We're just striving to do the perfected will of God. And this is like a fellowship of the Word. We come together and we discuss the Word, and we pray that somebody walks away having obtained something. Well, I'm going to turn it over and let my husband open with prayer tonight. And we're going to come back. We're going to do a little bit of a review for one through four, because I want to make sure everybody's retaining what we're teaching and we don't need to go back over certain parts. Then we're going to give the panel members an opportunity to express what they are getting from teaching the Word of God. So I'm going to turn it over to Minister Orr, my husband, so that he can lead us in a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, first of all, God, we give all honor and glory back into you, God. And, Lord, even as we come before you tonight, God, we pray, God, that you would move away our will, God. And, Lord, God, that you would lead and guide us, God, that through our stand, God, we would touch somebody to tell them of your goodness and your mercy, God. Lord, I pray tonight, God, that you, God, will elevate each and every one tonight, God. Lord, God, use them for your glory and your honor, God. Because, God, truly, God, we know, God, that time is running out, God. And, God, each and every soul need to know you for themselves, God. And, God, we're claiming it tonight, God, that you, God, but have your way, God. Lord, even through this line, God. God, we pray, God, that you would make us and mold us to be that example, God. Lord, we're not looking for honor. We're not looking for glory, God. We're just looking to do your will, God. Because, God, we know time is running out. And we see how the enemy running to and fro, trying to destroy, trying to tear down, God. But we as warriors today, God, we ask you, God, that you, God, will have your way, God. You see and you know, God, what's needed in each and everyone on the line, God. God, we pray that you open up the windows of heaven, God. And God, pour out your spirit, God, upon each and every one, God. Give them that hunger, God. Lord, just to get closer to you and do your will, God. And God, we'll never fail to give all honor back unto you, God. Because, God, we know, God, that time, God, is not on our side, God. But we're glad, God, that we have our trust in you. And we're thanking you once again, God, for your tender mercy and your goodness, God. We're thanking you, God, for washing away all our sins, God. And, God, we pray that you would bring us even closer. And, God, we seal it in blood. In Jesus' name we pray, and our very souls say yes. Amen, amen. We thank and praise God for him allowing God to use him and giving us a, a, a uh, effective prayer as we go into our Bible study. 
Now we're going to start with Chapter 1, and I'm going to ask you some questions just to see how much of Chapter 1 you retrieve. And then we're going to uh, at some point give the uh, panel members an opportunity to express what they're getting out of the Bible study. Okay, we're starting with chapter. I'm going to bounce all over. It might be Chapter 1, it might be Chapter 2, it might be Chapter 3, but I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay, in Chapter 1, when we discussed about Jeremiah, there was a certain thing that God did to Jeremiah. So I want you to tell me, what did the Lord put in Jeremiah's mouth? Oh boy, was it a cold? Oh goodness! He said he had put my words in thy mouth, verse nine. Oh, chapter one. That's what I want you to do. Give me the chapter and the verse. So that's chapter what? One and verse nine. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Now I want you to tell me what did the Lord make Jeremiah to be? Prophet. 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 Where is that located? Look at some of the Bible. <laughs> uh-huh. It has verse it's, five in uh, chapter one. one. Five. It's in what verse? Five of chapter one. Mm-hmm. That's not where I'm looking for it. Oh, I said I ordained the prophet into the nation. I said what? Uh-huh. Ordained the prophet. So it make Jeremiah to be a prophet. Uh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Jeremiah 18. Okay, uh, who is that? Brother Kenneth. Exactly. It's uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, 18. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Made the, the, this day a defense city. Okay. And an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people, excuse me, of the land. Very good, very good. Now, uh, chapter 1, it's chapter 1, verse 18. Now, I'm going to ask you. Hello? Hello? Somebody needs to mute the Hello? Somebody needs to mute the phone. Okay. All right. Who were the kings when Jeremiah prophesied? Tell me the chapter and the verse that is stated in Hello. You need to mute your Hello. phone. Please mute your phone. Hello. Somebody needs to mute their phone. Oh my goodness. Okay. She can't hear you. Jeremiah uh, verse 1. You got to say it loud enough so the people hear Jeremiah verse 1. 1 through what? 3. Okay. Uh, he wants me to read it, but I'm going to let our evangelist Dorothy read it. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, are the priests that were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, 
the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Okay, now I'm going to ask you the last question. And it's found, I'll give you the chapter. It's found in chapter 1. And uh, I need you to tell me, when was Jeremiah ordained to be a prophet? Give me the chapter, the verse. Uh, okay, chapter one, 1, verse 5. Exactly. Read it out. <laughs> before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, these questions that I'm asking you are going to be on your uh, final exam. So it's in the question that you have coming through. Uh, if you haven't taken Chapter 1's exam, it's in Chapter 1, and the other ones are going to be 2 through 4. So the last question that I'm going to ask you for um, Chapter 1, I'm telling you the chapter is in, is to tell me what are the two things that Jeremiah was shown? What did um, he see? Chapter 1. He, he verse. saw the seven part. Oh, go ahead on. Go on. Evangelist. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And the chapter and the verses. It's 113. And, and the, word, the word of the Lord came unto me the second time. Well, the first time it's... Um, it's uh, in verse 11, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seeth thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. And then 13 says, And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What seest thou? And I said, I see a seasoned pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. You guys are really smart. Okay, let me take you to... Now we're going to go to Chapter 2 and do a quick review. Okay, um, what did God's people do? Uh, for what did God's people change their glory? Repeat, please. Huh? Re repeat that. Okay. For what did God's people change their glory? Give me the chapter and the verse. Chapter 2, verse 11. Amen. Read it out. <laughs> Very good, Evangelist Jane. <laughs> Has the nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, I want you to tell me, what did God's people forget? Give me the chapter and the verse. That's verse 13, chapter 2. Nope. Not the right one. Nope. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Sorry. Who what did, was the question? Who did, did God's people forget? I'm sorry. That's my mistake. Who did God's people forget? Give me the chapter and the verse. Well, do we need to review this again? No, they forgot God. 
That's what I said. God. So what is the scripture and what chapter? Um. Well, in two, two, and and five. No, thirteen also didn't. Yeah. No. That's not the answer. That's not the answer I'm looking for. One. Okay. You did chapter two. Second. Want me to help you guys out? Where is it? One seventeen or two seventeen? Uh uh. Nope. Okay, then I'm not gonna get it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll answer this one for you. Who did God's people forget? Chapter 2, verse 32. Can a maid forget her ornaments or ride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without numbers. Okay. I forgot to change my page. Turn my page. (laughs) Tell us anything. Tell us anything. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What evils did God's people commit? Two evils. They, they yes, committed two evils. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One verse at a time. What chapter? Two, two and, and 
that love God first <coughs> in their heart to do the perfect will of God. That's very good. Now, how had Israel dealt with God? How did Israel deal with God? your phone. How had God, Israel dealt with God? I only got I only got uh, two questions for thir- three now. Well, they committed adultery on God, really. But what verse? Oh. Is okay, it- let's go to uh, 20. Okay, read it out. Surely as a wife treacherously departed from her husband... So have ye dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. Okay, very good. Now, moving right along to chapter 4. It's a lot of good stuff in all of them, but I'm start trying to condense it and just pull out those things that are most important for us to remember. What did the Lord say to the men of Judah? Uh verse, I mean chapter 4 verse 3. Three and what? Um, three and four. Okay, read it out. It says, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the four skins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire, and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Amen, amen. Anger is there, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, now, this is a bonus. Whoever gets this one, uh, I'm going to bring um, you a gift on Sunday. Uh, what would happen to the cities of Judah? It's very important. All that they did and everything, what was would happen to those cities of Judah. It's in the fourth chapter. At 29? Verse 29. 29. What other two? It's two other scriptures. Verse 20. Uh, 6. Verse 29 and 30. Oh, I heard 26 and I heard 29. What's the other one? 20. Nope. Uh, 4. I mean 6. Verse 7, verse chapter 4, verse 7, 26, and 29. You want to read that for us, Mother Jameson? Uh, what you want, 7? Seven? 7, 26, and 29. The line has come up from his thicket, verse 7, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He's gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate, and thy city shall be laid waste. Uh, without an inhabitant. Okay. You say 20. 26. 26. Someone else can read 26. Jane. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord mm-hmm. and by his fierce anger. Um, Mary, you want to take 29? The whole city shall flee for the noise of the horsemen and bowmen. They shall go into the thickle and climb up upon the rocks. Every city shall be forsaken, and not a man dwell therein. 
Exactly. Amen. Amen. Very, very good. What kind of man should they seek? Oh, no, we haven't gotten there yet. You guys got a break. Yay! Praise the Lord. (laughs) That's a part of Chapter 5. But all those questions that I read out tonight, the answers that were given are in Chapter 1 through Chapter 4. And I'm expecting when I get your quizzes back that they're going to be correct because we reviewed it before you got your exam. Now, I want... um, um, Minister Kenny to tell us what he re- what he has gotten from chapter one through four. Are you still there, Minister Kenny? Uh, yes, I'm okay. here. Um, All right. <laughs> um, well, basically, um, what I get out of it is that God, um, you know, he's he's um, he's going to punish his people. Well, he's punishing his people and letting them know why he's punishing them uh, because they, you know, they turned away from him and started serving other gods. But because of the God, because of the love that's in God, because God is love, because he loves his people, no matter what they have done, even though they will suffer, in the end, at the end, God will still take them back in and have mercy on them. Amen, amen. If they do what? Repent. And turn from their wicked ways. One thing in order for God to take them back, what is the one thing that God requires of the people? Repentance. Minister Kenny. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that they turn away from their idols. And, and do what? Turn unto God. Amen. So that's called what? I want you to say one word. Repent. Some people feel that they can turn from their ways and try to do it on their own, but if they don't ask for forgiveness from God, it's in vain, right? Amen. And I just want them to know that you can say, I'm going to to stop doing what I'm going to do and I'm going to live a moral life, but if you don't recognize the individual that you've offended is God and not man, then... um, you won't be able to do what God wants you to do. And repentance is not something that we take lightly. It's a part of our salvation. We must do it in order to... Re- Hello? 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 Uh, Hello? Somebody hasn't muted their phone. Okay. We're going to ask our evangelist, uh, Dr. Hello? I don't know who. Hello? Uh-huh. Can you let yeah, us? I can hear you now. What you have you got from chapter 1 through 4? Uh, to, to me, um, you know, I, I get twofold things. God was dealing with his people, you know, with the with the Bible, but I want to bring it into today's. I wanted to first to add on to what you were saying about that moral living. Uh, our <laughs> moral our moral living is not going to... Evangelist Parson, okay. first, before you tell us today, I want you to tell us what the people of Israel, what how what, it ha- what had happened that you learned about the people of Israel, and then, if you want, you can let us know, bring it up to today. But I want you to tell me what those chapters 
meant to you reading? Oh, okay. Um, to me, uh, God was letting Israel and Judah know that they were his people. And because he's holy, he expected them to be holy. And because he's faithful, he expected them to be faithful. And that he brought them out of captivity to serve him in true holiness. And uh, um, and because that Israel and Judah were stiff-necked and they refused to hear the words of God, you know, uh, pulling upon them to turn back unto him, that he was going to bring judgment against them because they would not repent and come back to him. And um, by them not repenting, um, he did bring judgment, and he used a nation that they, you know, they didn't know their language or anything, and they did not regard anything. I mean, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was a very... Boy, he was a brutish type king, and he did whatever he he would to any nation he would destroy. And so God used them um, to chasten um, uh, Israel and Judah for their rebellion against him. Amen. Uh, Now, before you share that other part with him, I want to hear something from our evangelist, Jane Jones. Are you there, Jane? Yes. Um, I I enjoyed I I've enjoyed what I've read so far and what I have been refreshed with that God is a God of mercy, He's a God of love. But you know, um God does not want us to take his love and his mercy his grace for granted, and it seems like he had blessed the uh, Israelites so well, and um, they became hard-hearted and stiff-necked, mm-hmm. and they got, you know, whacked in their own way. They decided that because God had blessed them and because, you know, they were beloved by God and he was, you know, God really loved them, that they took his love for granted, and so it is with the world today. We apply it to our life living today. That people have gotten rich, they've gotten fat, they've gotten fat in knowledge, and they feel like because um, they've gotten a certain part and gotten well on the ladder of success, that they don't really need God. So, you know, the same thing today, you know, um, the preaching has gone on, they've turned aside, um, God has called them and said, come on, you backsliding Israelites, come on, I'll, I'll, I'm ready for you, I'll, I'll show you I'll forgive you of your sins. I'll, you know, just come on to me. But they decided that they didn't want God anymore, and so it is with the world. Um, they don't, they don't want Jesus anymore. Then you know, they, people are committing adultery. They're committing all sorts of sin, and you know, and, and it's been said that you can go, you can, you can, you can go out, and you can stay, you can stay too long, you can stay too long to. Uh, and God gave them pastors and leaders and whatever after their own heart. Whatever they wanted, God gave it to them. But as I stated earlier, God's mercy is not going to always strive with man. Okay, Mother Jameson, tell me what you've gotten from chapters 1 through 4. And how has uh, it brightened your knowledge of God? Oh, boy, hon. 
it uh, shows me the patience of God. Uh, he's very patient. Uh, his, see, with uh, his anger is, um, how does it say I saw in one song, he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has a love so great for us that um, as, as if he would do, you know, he, how do you say, he gives us space, you know, to come in. And it's as if they didn't want to hear him. They appear to like as if they hear him, but they weren't listening. And um, they just wanted to go in their own ways, you know, as you're always saying online here. And uh, they wanted to continue to be rebellious. They just wanted to do what they wanted to do. They felt that they knew some, felt they knew more than God. No matter how he called out to them to don't serve other gods, they still wanted to serve other gods. They still wanted to go in their own way. And to me, it just showed how patient the Lord was, how much he loves us, how much he takes care of us, how he, gee whiz, he just held on. No matter how we acted or how, you know, we went in our own ways and, and she was. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, Minister Chapman? Praise God. I I see a couple of things in this in these first four chapters, but the first thing that I can I I, I truly thank God for the study, mm-hmm. but I thank God for how how awesome he he truly is. He loves us unconditionally, yes, yes. and yet all the time he provides for us, and some, we don't even have to ask him for the for his provision. He gets us out of situations that we can't get out of ourselves, and yet as we go, as he's getting us through the situation, the people they they trusted him, and then when they got on land out of danger and whatnot, they began to forget about the things that God had brought them out of. But yet God was yet still loving them and telling them, though you have forgotten where I brought you from, I yet send a spokesman. Mm-hmm. He raised a man up, called him, ordained him to preach the unadulterated word of God to the people. And he told them, he, he told the people that he was... He, he told Jeremiah that he was not going to spare spare the rod. He wanted him to tell the people, and he did. And all that time, God is still unconditionally loving them and yet giving them opportunity after opportunity to repent. And I like what God says. He never gives up on us. Even though we might not do what he, what he would have us to do, he said that he is married to the backsliders. So if you know God, he's married to you. Now, when you go astray, he yet gives you opportunity to come back. All you have to do is that six-letter word, repent. And I thank God for that because it's, 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 it's enlightened and it has encouraged me to walk the closer with God and speak the word of God in and out of season. Even though we're not going to be like, and he just encouraged us that regardless of what they say, 
I've got you. Nothing's going to happen to you. I've got you. And I, I, I like that because God, God just said, no matter what may come or go, as long as you stay in my word and be of good courage and do as I say, you're all right. I protected you. So amen. I just got strength out of this. I got encouragement for myself and for and for me being a person to just preach the word of God and tell everybody we know that salvation is free. Amen. So come on in. Oh, yes. I haven't forgot you, uh, Evangelist Dorothy, but I want to get the other ones a chance to say something. Then I'm coming back to you, okay? It's no problem. Uh, Minister Orr. Uh, what I got into it was uh, God has promised his people if they would repent and do his will that it would be nothing that he wouldn't give you, nothing that he wouldn't do with, <laughs> that you would do without. And the only way that you could get that was you would have to come by him by the blood of Jesus Christ. And But the people had forgot how all through the wilderness and all their way, all the miracles and stuff that they he that he that he done for them, but they turned their back on him because they wanted idol gods. They wanted to serve things that they wanted to do. But like in Jeremiah, what I liked about Jeremiah, Jeremiah had an open mind to God's whatever people say about him, he was gonna do what God have him to do, and that's the way it is today. Regardless of what you go through or what they say about you, first of all, you have to do the will of God. When you do the will of God, God will remove and fix every situation. And and Jeremiah did what he had to do because Jeremiah was, when he started, he didn't want to do the will of God. He said that he couldn't do it because, but God know who to choose and God know who to put it in our mouth, what to say and what to do. And we are like Jeremiah's of today. We got to stand firm and do whatever God wants us to do. We can't look back and see how people are looking at us. We can't do none of that. We just have to do what God has because He He has the power to do all. And all we have to do, He has the power to destroy. He has the power to build up. He has the power to to, to tear down and to elevate whoever He wants. All we have to do is pay a price, and that's what I got out of it. If you pay a price. God will be able to use you in the fullness. Amen. I wanted, I want you to make sure you stay on um, Jeremiah, the Israelites, and Judah while you're expressing what you've learned. I want the scripture to be your greatest impact. And then I'm going to allow you to come back and say some other things. Is our minister James Bates on? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, did I get everybody? Did I leave anybody out? Okay, our evangelist Dorothy, you want to go ahead and bring it up to date with what you uh, got from those chapters? No, I won't go bring it up to date. I just wanted to, um, I was going to um, add something to what you had said about that uh, the moral life. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people think that they are going to make it into heaven because of good life. But if you don't live according to God's principles and statutes, his judgment has, that he has decreed for us to live by, you still will not make it to heaven. That was all I was going to say. Okay. I wanted to elaborate a little bit on uh, 1 through 4. See, in the beginning, we think that um, when we have a gift, it just came about. But it's all 
what the book of Jeremiah tells us, that our lives are already planned out by God. Because in chapter 1, we find out that before Jeremiah was even formed in his mother's belly, God had ordained him to be a prophet and to speak for him. So those that have the gift of prophecy, they have no, uh, I mean, you can sit on the gift for a while, but as you can see, Jeremiah couldn't keep his mouth shut. Every time God would send him to give a word, he had to give a word. And I like that fact because by him being a prophet, the people of God could not say they didn't know what they were doing wrong. They couldn't say, well, God has never came and told us what we were doing wrong, so how would we know that we're not living according to God? How would we know we're doing abominable sins? How would we know that we're worshiping idols? But because of Jeremiah's calling, God used him as a mouthpiece to the people to tell them what they were doing wrong and how they could change what they were doing wrong to get back into the grace of God. And I like when our evangelist Dorothy said that they became stubborn and stiff-necked. They believed to the point that what they were doing, they no longer needed God. And uh, we can see that even in spite of that, and that had to be very hurtful to God, they still would not turn from their wicked ways continue to do the idolatry, continue to do all sorts of sins before God, and God still showed mercy and still begged them to repent, to come back through the use of the prophet. And here in the Word we find out, particularly in Jeremiah, prophets were used as a mouthpiece to God for the people. And they knew when Jeremiah was coming that he was sent of God. It's just that they had gotten so far in sin, so far away from doing the will of God, that they didn't care anymore. And um, these four chapters have made me realize that they easily slipped away from doing the perfected will of God because they stopped doing what God had commanded them to do. And there was not even moral ethics involved in their walk in Christ anymore. It had gotten so bad that as we get ready to go into Chapter 5, we're just going to touch on it tonight, that you're going to see that they were so bold in what they were doing that they continued to do those things that God commanded them not to do. Now, anyone else have anything they want to add to that? I I have something, uh, Minister Chapman. You used that word. You said that God begged them to come back to 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 Him. That beg does God beg us to do things? In this sense, because Israel was God's love, His people that He had chosen, mm-hmm. He repeatedly okay. asked them okay that's over right. and over. Maybe beg is the wrong word, but yeah. pleaded. God pleaded. God pleaded with the people. Pleaded, right? With that's God. what I was. That's what I was. Good. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to clarify that because, Amen. We as 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 the listeners and the people of God need to know that He will plead with us, but He won't yeah. beg us. Right. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Anyone else want to say anything? This is all very good. I'd like to have your input before we attempt to start Chapter 5, because this is a review. Amen. And I like the point that when you were describing what you grasped from it, I wanted each one of you to emphasize the role of the prophet and how important it was that he was obedient and the things that God has showed him and in the form of parables and dreams, that he was able to interpret it from the Spirit of God. Because God said he not only did he ordain him, but he filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Now, um, um, Ann, is it is it is it possible to parallel chapter 1 and 4 with today's time? I want to hear what your input is on that. Yes, you can go ahead. That's what I thought you wanted to do. No, no. First, I just wanted to make a comment on that part that you had said about the the morality of people, you know, being moral, because people do think that if they live moral lives that they can make it to heaven. Mm-hmm. I now, said at some point or another when God has delivered the people of God in several aspects in the Bible where Abraham and Lot left their kinsmen, and he put them in another place that when they left, uh, when they first came out of, I guess, marriage, started marrying and remarrying, and they built the Tower of Baalah, they started another idolatry. But every time in the history of the Bible, there is an episode where people become um, unfaithful to God, untrusting of God, and uh, they go into these various acts of sin. And it didn't just happen with Jeremiah, but it also happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. And um, these things are brought back. But each time, if you read it while reading in the Bible, that these things occur, they become a degree worse than before. Mm-hmm. It's getting more obvious the eyes of... Uh, the people are more open to sin than what it was, say, back in in the beginning of the Bible when they were talking about Adam and Eve when they first left the garden. They didn't know until eating of the fruit about sin. Now each generation is wiser than the generation before but uh, are more foolish than the generation before as well because they turn away from God and they walk towards the world, and the world has no good thing for the people of God because it it causes us to choose between the creator and what man has created or what mankind chooses to do. There's somewhere in the Bible where it says whatever a man can imagine, he can do. And it just lets us know that the mind is so vivid in what it sees that it actually sits down and creates or performs whatever they see in their mind, and that is sin. That was one of the reasons why God did not want Adam or Eve eating of that tree in the garden. Anyone else? Now, I just wanted to parallel something of today's society in Christendom and back during time of Jeremiah, when he came to uh, the people 
of God to declare unto them the impending judgment of God. Now, if God did that to his people, uh, uh, the Israelites and Judah, Judah was a lawgiver. Israel was God's chosen people, praise God. And if God chastised them for going against what he had told them to do, do you, do we think that we're going to escape the discipline of God as no. a people? Well, no. not. Because God said he's not a God that changes. No. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore, he said. Right. So if he chastised those people, you think he's going to let us get away? No. But he has given charge to the pastors to stand and declare his holy word. Amen. He has told us to live holy, for he's holy. Right. Do you think he's going to allow mankind to continue to turn their nose up at him and he not? No. No. I think it's going to happen just like in Jeremiah's time and in Sodom and Gomorrah time. Amen. When we get to start in chapter 5, and I don't want to go ahead of us, we're going to see where his anger really begins to kindle and what he does based on that anger because he's going to search, and he does this every time. He searches for one righteous person. He said it don't have to be 50 or 60, just one. And he can. that's what he said with Sodom and Gomorrah, just one righteous person out spare the city. But... Today's society has become so wicked in its imagination and its perverseness that they think, to be perfectly honest, that they are little gods and they know more than the Creator and they don't recognize God as being the Creator in some cases. Giver of life. In some cases, but because we still have a remnant of people that are still striving, still trying to do the perfected will of God, still walking in the path that God has laid down before them. But there is still a number, and it could be a small number compared to those that are striving to do the will of God, because it says when Jesus comes back, there's going to be a number following him that is unnumerable. Oh, Lord. I mean, there are a lot of Christians striving to do the perfected will. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are paying the sacrifice required by God to do what God... A lot of pastors that are really giving the word of God, teaching the people, discipleshipping people, and they're really... about this chapter one too is that um 
and I, I think we said it earlier, that Jeremiah was set apart by God for this job, to be a prophet. And um, God had ordained him. And, you know, it like um, Jeremiah was a major prophet. And, you know, and this is not a task that was really, really easy for him. And he was known, I think we mentioned it, that he was a weeping prophet because he looked at the conditions of, of his day, and, and and he was weeping because the people were unfaithful to the Lord. They worshiped idols instead of God. They were faithless to each other, and, you know, they cared nothing for what was right. We said all of these things, but and he was a weeping because he cared, and, and he cared for the people. He cared for because he loved God, and he was doing what was right, what God had called him to do. And I tell you, to be a prophet, I mean, of this nature, you, I, we know that Jeremiah was called. He was called by God, and he did not live a really comfortable life because, you know, they get probably discussed already that he regretted that he was born. Amen, <laughs> amen. We thank and praise God for those comments because um, we all have a calling on our lives, and all fit in the puzzle of God. So if one piece of the puzzle gets out of whack, that's why it says, are you my brother's keeper? That we should reach out to uplift that individual, to help them, to support them to stay on the same track. Because as long as we're working and we're fitly joined together, we have strength. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with the people of Israel. They lost focus on what they were supposed to do. And it's easy to lose focus, but you want to make sure that you read your word every day, that you fast and pray, that you remember to have time with God. You create a relationship with God, and you create a relationship with people that are striving to do the perfected will just like you are. And make sure that you don't forget to tell somebody else about the goodness of God. Remind them from what you were delivered from and how God was able to keep you. People need to know that when they give their lives to Christ, they can stand and what tools they will need to stand. We're all teachers by nature. How well a teacher you are depends on how much of you put into it to learn about God's work and about the people of God. That's where we find our strength. And I thank God for Jeremiah because Jeremiah, even though he didn't want to speak because he used the same excuse that Abraham had, that he studied, but God set him aside and he had a purpose. And had not he played the role that he played as a prophet, then where would we be today? That's something to think about if he was not able to get the people to see what they were doing wrong and to strive to turn away. He being the one, God, as we read Jeremiah, you will see the miraculous things and of how God moves through the book of Jeremiah using the prophet. That's why it behooves a prophet to always stay before God because you never know when God has an important message to give to the people. It behooves a pastor to stay into the Word of God, make sure his relationship with God is solid, 
when he feels he's sleeping, slipping, then reach out for the mourning mothers and the elders of the church and have them come together and pray with you to support you, to make sure that you are able to continue the journey. In the words that no man is an island. There's a nope. song out there that says that no man is an island. And that's why Jesus had the 12 disciples. Although they didn't have the Holy Ghost, they were there to give him strength. Brilliant. They called him to push when he may not have been able to go as fast or as far as God wanted him. I knew he would do what God wanted him to do, but it was good that he had someone around him that was supporting him. And even though they didn't have the Holy Ghost and they didn't know fully who he was and what his purpose was, they obeyed him. And that was the beginning of teaching us to obey the will of God. And I, I thank Jeremiah for that walk he took. Could I say something to him? Ma'am? I wanted to say a little something. Um, I thank God also for uh, Jeremiah, you know, what he did and how he obeyed God. It didn't matter how much the people laughed at him, you know, made fun of him. Looked like he went through a lot of ridicule, you know, from the people. And when the Lord would use him and how they would, you know, um, mark him, you know, he just kept on, you know. And what God told him to do, he listened to what the Lord said to do. And he went on and it made him stronger and stronger in God. And it teaches you, you know, that when God talks with you, when you're in God, to, um, you know, in reading that word, you know, in fasting, praying, as God wants you to, you learn to get, you get stronger in God. When you're praying, you can talk to him more, you know, and you uh, uh, can get closer to him, you know, as you talk with him. And he'll talk with you, and you're reading your word, it, he can talk to you more. So Jeremiah, you know, taught a whole lot in uh, how he allowed the Lord to use him and letting the Lord have his way with him because of him being his father. He respected him because the people didn't respect, you know, the Lord. They seemed to have lost their uh, fear of God. You know, they didn't seem to have any more fear and wanted to go on in their own ways. But look like he cried the more. You know, and telling the people, won't you listen? You know, what's wrong with you? You know, can't you hear? Don't you know, you know, who we're serving? Don't you know that this is the only true and living God ever to be, no matter what he would say, you know? Look like nobody wanted to hear, you know? So I, I admire him. I thank God for him. And, and the way he went on, crying, no matter what, it didn't matter. He just went on. Our minister, um, or how he cries, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, but he still goes on and let the Lord do whatever he wants to with him. It's like to say, here I am, Father, do whatever you want to with me. Use me any way you choose. Hallelujah, God. So I, I, really, I thank God for him. Amen. I think this has been a beautiful lesson of review tonight. And uh, if no one else has anything to say, we're going to get ready to, um, well, first we want to thank all the people that joined us tonight. We don't know the number, but if it's just one or two, we're still going to study the Word of God. We're still going to 
express our love for God and our commitment to doing his perfected will. I want to send a couple of thank yous out for the panel members, our evangelists and our minister and evangelist Dorothy Beatty, our minister Mary Chapman, mm-hmm. our evangelist Jane Jones, our mother uh, Judy Jamerson, our minister Kenneth Fletcher, and I thank and praise God for other panel members that are not here with us tonight, minister and evangelist Keith Flemings, and um, our co-pastor Marguerite. Uh, for sale. We thank and praise God for each of them and those that are listening in tonight. And I'm going to ask if we can have um, our evangelist Dorothy Beatty, if she will close out in prayer tonight, that we will mention those that are sick and shut in and those that were not able to come out, that pray God will give them an opportunity to hear the study. Someone will make it available to them and please continue to support us as we to do the perfected will of God. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for today's lesson, oh God, even in our reviewing, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the strength of your word, God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercies and your grace, oh God. Continue, God, to bless your people in everywhere, God. We're praying, oh God, that you would continue to lift us up in Christ Jesus, God. Help us, God, to stand strong in you, God, that we, God, may study your word, God, to show ourselves approved unto you, God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing your word of truth, oh God. And we're just praying, oh God, to lead and guide us, God. Lord God, in you, oh God, and help us, oh God, to be true witnesses, God, throughout our lifetime, oh God. Let us, God, be faithful unto you, God, and strong warriors indeed, oh God. Praying, God, that you will remember, God, those that are sick among us, oh God, that you, Lord God, will have your way in their lives, oh God. Praying, oh God, that you will be with those, God, that are not on the line tonight, but have a desire yet to be with us, oh God. We're praying, oh God, that you will ever keep them and strengthen them, O God. Continue to bless the panel members, O God. Lord God, just let us, God, go forth in you, O God, and stand forevermore, God. Asking you, God, to keep our pastor, Lord Pastor Teresa, O God, in the palms of your hands. Strengthen her, O God, and carry her in the work, God. Keep her running forth, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. And we, God, will ever be so careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I thank and praise God for each of you joining tonight. God bless you. Love you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.